You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Boston College, your daily Boston College Eagles podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Build It Bar. Build It Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builditbar.com and use promo Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Hello, everyone. This is AJ Black. I'm your host of the show. This is our first episode, so welcome. If you've hit subscribe already, thank you very much. If you haven't, please go to Locked On Boston College on your favorite podcast directory and hit subscribe so that you make sure that you get every daily episode of this podcast. Why is this show going to be so great and why should you follow along? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. You get me. You get AJ. If you followed along, I'm the editor and um, publisher of bcbulletin.com part of the Sports Illustrated network of sites. I have written and covered Boston College for the last eight years on various different platforms. I am consider myself pretty much a good insider of information on all things Boston College, whether it's analysis and opinions. I talked to Coach Halfley in the football program. I'm into recruiting. You're going to get all of this information on your daily podcast here. So Every day, I'm going to give you new information that you may not know. I'm going to give you some analysis and opinions. I'm going to bring on guests. Today, I'm going to have my first guest, and I'm excited to bring him on later. And we're going to talk about the games. So today, we're going to start by talking about Clemson. If you were following along yesterday, it was a tough loss. The Eagles lost 34-28, a game in which the Eagles led for all but 11 minutes of the game. BC jumped out to a huge 18-point lead going into halftime. Uh, well, actually, going in with a minute before halftime. Clemson kicked a field goal and then shut Boston College out in the second half. So later today, we're going to have Eric Hofsis, who's been my host on the BC Bulletin podcast, which no longer exists, and was my co-host on the BC Interruption podcast. Uh, he's going to come along, and we're going to talk about what his thoughts are from the game. We're going to talk a little bit about how both of us have different outtakes of what actually happened and how we should view the the loss. And we have so much more that we're going to talk about between the two of us. It's just going to be something you're not going to want to miss. So let's look at the game. So the big news going into Boston College and Clemson was the illness of Trevor Lawrence. If you hadn't been paying attention, Trevor Lawrence contracted uh, COVID-19 on Wednesday. Uh, they announced on Thursday that he was going to miss the game, and he was going to be replaced by freshman DJ Uagalalea, uh, true freshman w- who was one of the top-ranked recruits in all of 2020. Uh, DJ Uagalalea, and I'm, I apologize if I'm messing his name up. I'm trying the best I can. Um Looked incredible against Boston College. So he came out and he played about as well as anyone could hope for. So when I think about this game, you know, it was basically a game of two halves. And I think DJ was a big reason the tides turned in the second half. So let's look at the outcome of, uh, let's look at the scoring in this game because I thought it kind of tells an interesting uh, tale. So it starts off, BC looks, they're hitting everything. You know, Phil Jerkovic uh, scores a touchdown pass to Zay Flowers on 11-yard pass. 
they, you know, running right down the field. The Clemson's defense looked like they could not stop BC. And it was it was pretty incredible, but then you know Clemson they bought they you know they've got the horses they bounce right back they you know uh, DJ Ugalagalele hits Travis Etienne for a thirty five yard pass they tie it up, but then BC you know they kick it into a second gear and it it looked you know as someone just watching this looked like a game where Boston College was going to make a you know make a statement. Uh, David, you know, the a uh, six-yard, seventy-five-yard, uh, six-play, seventy-five-yard drive capped off by David Bailey with a two-yard rush. You know, they're just throwing passes up left and right. And then what I thought was going to be the play of the game, if BC was going to win it, I thought they was something miraculous was going to happen, and it happened. So Clemson is driving down the field. They have third or fourth and goal, and Travis Etienne, you're just waiting for him to punch it in. I mean, it just seemed inevitable he was going to get it in. And what happens? Brandon Sebastian, uh, the ball is um, not secured by ETN. Uh, he went and reached for the ball instead of like taking it like a bread basket, like you're, you're taught to do. And Brandon Sebastian ends up with the ball and runs it back 97 yards. You know, as a Boston College person myself, I know I have to stay as a journalist at points, but there's certain moments when you watch a game where you cannot help but get excited. This was one of those moments. This felt like to me, if you're a Boston College fan and you're listening, like that Tyler Murphy play against USC in 2014 in the fourth quarter, just that transcendent moment where like you lose it. It was so incredible to see that. BC jumps out to a 21-7 lead. Clemson responds with a field goal, and then another big play happens. So it's fourth and short. BC looks like they're going to settle for a field goal. Um, and they line up, and then they start shifting players around. They look like they're going to a fake. They line Tessitore, John Tessitore under center. He fakes it. He snaps his head. He goes for the hard count, and Clemson jumps. Two plays later, C.J. Lewis with an incredible circus catch to put BC up 28-10. After that, it was all Clemson, though. So, you know, BC had that momentum. It felt, I mean, you went on, on social media and everyone's talking about Boston College. They look totally in control of this game. And it was like they go into halftime after Clemson kicks a 50-yard field goal and this rolls just reversed. The defense on Clemson was beating up BC. Phil Dracovic got his butt kicked that second half. And Uwalagalele and um, Travis Etienne just took over the game. And BC held on for a bit, but by the end, you could just sense it. Once they scored that opening touchdown and BC just couldn't get anything going on offense, Brent Venables, you know, hat tip to him. He had that, he had that all set up to, 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 to those adjustments at halftime ready for, for BC. And in, it all ended with a 17 yard Travis Etienne rush in the second half. So, you know, it was a game where you wanted to see BC win because they clearly look like they were going to. But then again, it's back to those moral victories again. Will BC be able to go from here and get, you know, more momentum to beat a team like this in the future? I mean, they got one in two weeks against Notre Dame. They weren't able to put, a get, put together four straight quarters to win this. Will they be able to do that? We're going to talk about that later with Eric Hofsis. If you are like me, you are always go, go, go. Whether it's working on BC Bulletin or recording this podcast or sticking on social media, 
I'm always moving and I never find those moments where I can just chill. Though I have to say on the weekends or on a Sunday afternoon, I find those moments where I can just sit back, relax and watch some football. Last night, it was Alabama and Ohio State. This afternoon, I'm probably going to watch the Patriots. And hey, I got a fantasy team just like you guys too. So I'm just going to watch whatever team is on just so I can watch my fantasy team go up in flames. If you're like me, you need a chance to just chill. And that's when you reach for Coors Light. It is the official beer made to chill. Even if your team isn't playing, there are plenty of teams on. And that gives you an excuse to just chill out and drink a beer. And that's what I do. You know, when I'm tired, nothing beats watching some football and drinking a beer. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Nothing is better than a cold beer. It's as crisp and as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Now, yesterday, I was up and I was just watching some football late at night. And it was just perfect, you know, just to open a Coors Light, chill out, and relax. I needed it after watching Boston College fall apart. Um, And that beer, it was just perfect. It just hit the spot. So Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now with me is my co-host from BC Bulletin podcast and from the BC Interruption podcast, Eric Hofstis. Eric, how's it going? Oh, still uh, licking the wounds a little bit from uh, the loss yesterday. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, It was a loss that, you know, we haven't seen BC lose like that in a while. Steve Adazio, I think the, I, I put it on the site yesterday. I remember hearing that Steve Adazio lost to top 25 teams by an average of 35 points. Uh, so this was just a different way of losing because BC had this game. You could feel the momentum and it just fell apart. Eric, what were your takeaways from this game? Well, um, I, I guess I should start since uh, we promised everyone on Twitter just uh, on kind of a disagreement we yeah, had. Okay. So, so you, you had a tweet yesterday. If, if your react, your, uh, I'll just quote you. If your reaction to today's loss is typical BC, you haven't been paying attention this year. And, um, I, I guess I'd say I agree and disagree with you on this point. So, uh, to kind of, and then I had some, after I tweeted that at you, I had some people kind of guessing what my take was on that game. And, um, he, here's what it is. I, I, I think the, I, I don't think they're two mutually exclusive things. I think that the average Boston sports fan can watch that game and they're, totally in the right to say typical BC they uh they couldn't come through when they had they had the game for their taking against a top 10 team and they just blew it and I I think I think the average fan has the right to say that because until BC proves them otherwise I mean that's that's going to be the narrative that always gets floated about BC is that they can't win in the big game um but on the other side of things I just want to st- say I'm still totally all in which co- with Coach Halfley. I still think this guy is a great coach, is going to be a great coach. I even tweeted during the game yesterday. I said, B- I said BC has to lock this guy up. Um, I mean, there's nothing they're going to be able to do to keep him forever, but I think he's a real deal, very high-quality coach. 
They got to do whatever they can to keep him here as long as possible because this guy, to your point, this is a different PC team, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that his coaching style fits in with the old narratives of BC blowing games late. I mean, just, just in a snapshot, take take that play in the fourth quarter yesterday when BC had after uh, uh, Dracovic got hurt. They have what a fourth and three, fourth and four at midfield. There's a couple minutes left. Uh, they know the backup quarterback has to go in. I think just about any other coach that BC has had in its history would punt the ball, the Clemson there from midfield, and say, I'm going to try it. I can't possibly go for it on fourth down with my yeah. backup quarterback right here. Adazio would have been number one on my list to punt that ball away and say, well, nobody can blame me. If the defense doesn't stop them, then, you know, it wasn't my fault. But, man, that took balls of steel for halfway to go for it there. And even though, I, even though BC didn't win the game – it's like wow, that 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 is like one of those things that showed me like this this guy knows what he's doing. And not only that, it was fourth and three, and it, even if Adazio went for it there, you can guarantee he would have handed it off to David Bailey. <laughs> yeah, good good call. And, and not only did Halfley have the guts to go for it, he had the guts for Grossell to go back and throw the ball, which I thought I know it. And he did a nice that was a nice throw. He had very small window to get that in to Hunter Long, and he hit it. Um, but yeah, there were, he, I, I get what you're saying, you know, that it, it just, it feel, you know, you're so accustomed as a Boston college fan to feel these moral victories, which are terrible. And you know, they're not victories, they're losses. And I, you know, I went to the press conference yesterday and that was driven home by every single person that talked was that they're not accepting moral victories. So I think that was big. I think Dracovic said it best. Like they asked him. Does this show you that you could beat a team like Clemson? And he said, I didn't need to be shown. I already knew we could beat a team like Clemson, which I was like, that that right there is the new mentality of Boston College that we're going to see moving forward. Yeah, Jerkovic had a great quote, too. Um, just just uh, I, I won't do the whole thing, but he basically ends it saying, we won't take any moral victories. We were up big in the first half, and we let them come back. Close isn't good enough, and that – that that's what I love to, to see that not only Halfley, but all the players were saying that like, Hey, we, we played good, but the close is not acceptable. And that's, that's just a different, that's just a different mindset than what we've seen. I, I hate to bring up Adazio again. It's just that he was the most recent coach here. And I guarantee his talking point from yesterday would have been guys, we were one drive away from being the number one team in the country. And they would have just pounded that, how they were almost, 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 almost close enough to win. And that, that's, what, uh, that's what I love about, about Halfley. He doesn't accept moral victories. Yeah, and you can tell, too, he passionately is behind this team, and he feels that. And he wants them to be successful, and he can see the pain in their eyes. And I, I just feel like, He's going to continue to build and build and build. And you saw it. I mean, you look at what Boston College went out to do. And, and Halfley talked about it yesterday. What was their – and we, we knew this probably before Halfley even said it. What was going to be their number one goal against this offense was to stop Travis Etienne. And they did in the sense that they could – he didn't really look all that impressive running the ball. He was, you know, three or four yards carry every now and then. But he didn't do what Khalil Herbert did to them. Um, but you saw that improvement. I mean, 
he is a better running back than Khalil Herbert, I, at least I think. Um, and they were able to wrap him up and keep him in, in check. Now they struggled with ETN in the passing game, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other uh, difficult situation there. Um, so you see the improvements, you see them building. Now my question for you, Eric, and we'll talk about this more, you know, moving forward on another episode. There's uh, what, five more games left, four more games left, four, four more games left. What do you, Sitting now, what do you say their record's going to be with the teams on their on their schedule? I think they're going to win out unless they have a – the only thing that would stop them from winning out in my mind is like one of those Virginia Tech-type performances where there's just too many meltdown, you know, uninf- um, unforced errors on their part, you know, fumbling with the other team, not even around you, stuff like that. They – um, but I, I think they're going to roll through the last four games here. I really do. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I watched Notre Dame and they, they let Georgia tech hang around yesterday a bit. And yeah, Notre, Notre Dame honestly is one of the, and I'm not, I think I said this on another pod, but I'm not even saying this. I'm not, there's no BS like, oh, I hate Notre Dame, but, but none, none of that. No, like just looking as like a, a football observer, like, they're one of the worst top five teams I've ever seen in my life. And maybe, maybe it's cause the, um, you know, the, the weird season where not all the teams have played or not all the teams have played full, you know, full schedules to what they should have by October. But uh, honest to God, they're one of the worst top five teams I've ever seen. Like they, they, in reality, in a normal year, they're probably like, uh, you know, should be ranked around like 20th or something like th- this is, this is not a, a great team. And man, I, 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 I'll actually be rooting for them this weekend because I'd love to see them rolling in as like the you know number one or number two team in the country against BC and have BC knock them off like that. Yeah. So just so everyone knows, Eric is going to be joining us a couple times a week. We're going to have him come in and talk about the game, give us a little bit of his recap, and then we're going to preview. So we'll see Eric again uh, later this week. Um, when he talks to, to us about Syracuse and the game coming up this weekend. Eric, before you go, do you have anything you want to plug? No, I'll save the plugs today. Let's keep rolling with your uh, post-game analysis. All right. To wrap up today's episode, we're going to talk about three takeaways that we learned from Saturday's game against Clemson. To end this episode, before we do, I want to talk a little bit about what you can expect coming up the rest of this week. I have another special guest, Dan Rubin of bceagles.com, coming on. Um, We're going to talk about all things Boston College football. He's an insider that works with the school, so he'll give us a different perspective on Boston College. On top of that, we're going to also have a crossover episode with Syracuse where we're hopefully going to talk to Locked On Syracuse about the upcoming game. Uh, We're working out details to get that to happen. And uh, we're going to also look at the game again tomorrow. We'll do some more uh, deep dives into the stats, into some of the plays and players that had big games. We'll look a little bit more into that and some more of the takeaways. And I'm going to throw in on Wednesday a recruiting episode. I know a lot of people out there are really into the recruiting end of football, and I have some insider information. We're going to recap the current class of 2021, look at some more of the possible prospects that could still become Boston College Eagles, maybe a flip or two, and look at maybe a couple of the players that we might need to watch out for as a possible flip uh, to another school. So that's going to come out on Wednesday. So keep an eye out for that. 
So as I was saying, we're going to wrap up today's episode with three takeaways from this game. These were three uh, just global Boston College um, talking points that you can take away from the Clemson game. And here's my three. My first one, Boston College can hang with anyone. Now, I know Clemson didn't play with Trevor Lawrence, but DJ Yuga Lalele is going to be an amazing quarterback. They still had Travis Etienne. They still had Amari Rodgers in that defense. I know we're missing a few guys too, but even with all those guys missing, Clemson's still a top 10 team, and Boston College took them the distance. I think looking at the roster, you're, you still have to be realistic about what Boston College has on the roster and what they're bringing in because you know even though they're going to hang with teams it's going to be a challenge and they, they they might have a few more ties where this kind of thing happens i think it's going to become less and less because they're still playing with mostly steve adazio guys i mean if you look at the guys that uh jeff Hafley brought in there's jakovic there's jalen gill there's max roberts those you know Deion jones there's some of those guys but for the most part all the defenders you know most of the offensive offense they're all steve adazio guys so we got to give it a little bit more time to process to get those guys in um and i think they're going to continue to build and they're going to continue to grow i don't think this is a team that's going to stagnate like you know when you watch steve adazio's teams in years past they stagnated you know you knew what their top level was you knew where they they kind of peaked out i don't think boston college under jeff halfley has hit this yet uh eric who was just on just tweeted out that he thinks that boston college is going to be as good as they were under tom coughlin and that halfley's going to be the best coach they've had since him that's pretty high praise i know a lot of you guys out there are going to say what about jeff jagosinski um i think you're going to see a lot out of jeff halfley and i think that's important to note that you know it's starting now and it's going to continue to grow the second takeaway Looking at that defense, I still think they lack a playmaker. You know, their secondary, you got guys like Brandon Sebastian, Josh DeBerry, even Deion Jones makes plays, and Mike Palmer makes makes plays. But they don't have that big playmaker. You know, Boston College defenses in years past always had a guy, whether it was Luke Keekley or Bill Romanowski or um, Mark Herzlig, or even more currently, guys like Harold Landry or Zach Allen. You had guys that could take over games, that could make those big plays. BC has good complementary players, and Max Richardson, I think, is a good complementary player. I don't think he's a game changer, though. He makes solid plays. He does what he needs to do. I just don't see him as a guy that can take over a game. Same thing with Isaiah McDuffie and the guys in the secondary. The, the defensive line... They're playing well, and, and all the credit to them for playing as well as they have. I just don't see that playmaker, a guy like Harold Landry, where teams have to to um, scheme around him. And I think that's a big, big missing part on this defense is a disruptive, big-time player that can kind of take over a game or, or at least make other teams scheme around them. And I thought that was pretty clear yesterday. They just couldn't get anything going and I think they just need that kind of player and it was uh, an absence that I, I, I totally noticed yesterday and my final point is you know after the game I saw people ripping on the offense and the play of the offense and one of the things that I saw was that they thought that the offense was stagnant that they went I saw people comparing it to Adazio which I think is ridiculous um 
But I think what you have to look at, and you have to be honest with yourself, yeah, they got shut out in the second half. But they're also playing one of the best defensive coordinators in college football, if not the best, with blue collar, blue chip prospects up and down that roster. You're playing against one of the best defenses. I know they're missing a couple guys, but that doesn't matter. Clemson is stacked. The guys on their depth chart, second and third guys on their depth chart, would be starters at other schools, okay? So I thought BC did what they needed to do on offense, and the second half, they just got beat. They just got beat, okay? They did. They had a couple plays that were not my favorite calls when Jerkovic got slammed on that third down and Grossell had to come in. Wasn't the biggest fan of that call because, you know, Clemson's a fast team, and to try to sweep it like that didn't seem wise. But to say they went conservative, I don't think that's right because, you know, they had that drive where they were getting closer and they had that fourth down call. What did they call two plays in a row? Deep passes. That is not conservative. That is the opposite of conservative. I honestly wish they went more conservative there and went for some more of the check down stuff instead of bombing it late. But they didn't. They went deep. That is too aggressive, honestly. It's a low probability play. If they hit it, it's big. But, you know, the way that they were throwing the ball that second half, it was not there. So I don't think they went conservative. I just think they ran into a defense that was more talented than their offense. And you have to tip your cap to Clemson's defense. They just played really well. They beat up Jakovic that whole second half. Um, I'm, I'm just happy Jakovic left that game in one piece because he took some big hits. And that first one where Grossell came in, I thought Jakovic was going to be out for a while. But... He was at press conference. I think he's he's going to be fine. We'll talk to Halfley about that later. So, those are my three takeaways. What are your takeaways? You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. Tell me what your three takeaways are from this game. I'd love to hear from you guys. And maybe in a segment later this week, if I get some responses, I'll put up what readers are thinking because I'd love to hear more about what your takeaways are. So. Again, this is Locked On Boston College. We're a daily Boston College podcast. I'm AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. You can follow my site at Boston College SI. And as I just said, you can follow the podcast at Locked On BC. Please check us out on Facebook. It's at Boston College SI. I'll be doing this every day. I'm going to be back tomorrow. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you could give us a five-star review, write a uh, five-star ranking and a little review, it'll help other Boston College fans find our podcast and get more uh, interest in us. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to build and, and get more of you guys listening to us. So thank you all for listening. And we will see you all again tomorrow where we're going to continue our breakdown of the game against Clemson. Take care.